1 Samuel 1.10-17, and this is the New International Version, the NIV. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, <clears throat> give her a daughter, then I will give her to the Lord for all the days of her life, and no razor will ever be used on her head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Okay, cool. It's another episode here at I Need God Pod. Um, today we have Angela D'Avignon. Is that how you say yeah. it? Or how do you, how do you want to be titled? Just Angela? <laughs> Angela D'Avignon is fine. Okay, great. Angela, um, yeah, she's, full yeah, name. She's a, full name. She's a writer, a studio manager, currently writing a book about ghost towns, and um, has a substack called West Ends, which chronicles research on California ghost towns and the American West. Um, welcome to the pod, Angela. Thank you so much for meeting. Thank you for having me. We don't really know each other, but we're Twitter mutuals somehow. <laughs> and Probably I noticed me following you. Maybe. Yeah, we have mutual friends on Twitter. Yes, and I noticed like you posting sometimes about religious trauma and your religious history and stuff and it made me really curious about all of that and you and (laughs) then you told me all about your religious history and I was like wow this is (laughs) like a case study in like American evangelicalism honestly yeah yeah generational like where it ends up how it dies yeah (laughs) yeah um I, like, wrote a bunch of questions down, and I, like, kind of tried to, like, sort them between three categories, which are, like, your family's history, like, your mother, right. her father, her her grandfather, even. Right. And, and um, all of that, and then another section more about, like, you growing up specifically, like, in the 90s mm-hmm. in L.A. with this Christian culture, and then I guess finally it would be more like today where you're at with it, what you do now, what kind of work you do and all of that, like your current relationship to it and stuff like that. So cool. it all good? ties together. So that, that sounds like a great chronological. Okay, cool. It's, One... it's so dense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I feel like there's, I don't know how much you've like researched and like read about it, probably a lot, or at least depends. maybe it's depends. like, <laughs> mm, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, I'm trying to, like, figure out the best way to, like, frame this for the audience. It's, like, you grew up in California into a family that has, like, deep 
American Christian roots, uh, particularly like in media and evangelizing and music and all of that. Isn't that wild? Um, (laughs) Do you know, and it's it's specifically on your mother's side, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Do you know, um, like, when they came to the United States or, like, moved to California or, like, moved west? Yeah, I do, actually. So um, it's funny. Both sides of my family, my dad and my mom, are both kind of nomadic, but for different reasons. Uh, my dad was – his dad was in the military, so he was a military brat. But on my mother's side, they were, like, itinerant <laughs> evangelists. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad – I mean, my grandfather didn't have a ministry, evangelism ministry per se. It was more like we're into music. We love music. We use music as our ministry. And I think that kind of led into like where we are today. We're like whatever Haley Bieber's ministry is, like her eyelashes, whatever. It's like you just kind of take whatever your interests are and call it your ministry. Back Uh then, I think it was legit because it was, I think... I don't actually know a whole lot about them. I just know that, like, my great-grandfather, who is my grandfather's... We're going to need a graphic for this, I think. So my yeah. my grandmother's... My mother's mother's father was the author, and I think his parents were the ones who went around on the, like, tent circuit. They weren't, like, revivalists or anything like that, but they, like, went around and, like, played piano and sang songs and, like, told them told people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that was during, like, the Great Depression, so there was, like, a lot of movement because the railroad had just been finished, and then also um, people were desperate and sad, and it was, like, a great time to be an evangelist, I think. Totally, like, right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they have more money now, but, like, back then it was, like, okay, like, people it's like a network people are still like this where it's like oh you're christians like the holy spirit is Mm. like the connective energy or whatever and so i think people just housed them and fed them that way that's so interesting it's funny that you brought up Haley bieber because like her (laughs) dad is actually really hardcore christian i believe it and yeah their hillsong which is like shame on hillsong hillsong has become something we don't my mother doesn't recognize if you will oh yeah (laughs) I've been to a couple Hillsong really? uh, services just to, you know, to see the vibe, yeah. to figure it out. Um, what is the vibe? You know, it's it's like evangelical hipsterism. Yeah. I went maybe, it was a while ago when I went, um, maybe it was like 2014. And, okay. Perfect you know, time. it's like, it's like a rock show. It's like a very... It has, you know, there's me- there's big screens with the yeah. lyrics on it, yeah. and there's, like, a band and different singers, and then, like, an orator sometimes, like, speaking over the music, yes. <laughs> and there's, like, there's a, you know, a schedule, I guess, or an, an, a timeline to how that goes out, but it's not anything like a mass or something, like a Catholic mass. Right. Not much <laughs> yeah. I grew up in the Northeast mm-hmm. and um, in a place where, like, a lot of people immigrated from Europe during the Industrial Revolution to be coal miners, and they mm-hmm. were all Catholic. So yeah. it's, like, the I think, like, out of everyone who practices religion where I'm from, like, the majority is Catholic. Like so working class Irish. Yeah. Irish, Italian, Polish. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's technically my background, too. I think they were just... A little extra evangelical i'm not sure you're not sure what turned them into that necessarily uh i asked my mom and she was like it goes all the way back to ireland i think it was like 
I think that's that part of the family's Irish, but mm-hmm. I don't know. One side of my mom was like, we came over with the Mayflower. And I'm like, is that a, something to brag about? And then they so. migrated west, I guess. Yeah. So I think it, to me, it's like they're all from Minnesota. Like there's a huge concentration in the Midwest. And to mm-hmm. me, that gives me like German immigrant Mennonite energy. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if like it's like an Eastern European mashup and they just moved around the midwest and the first reason they moved was because of integration which is like wild they're like we just moved out because that's what we did minnesota um and then she lived in denver for a really long time because that's where all the hippies were going in the midwest that was like the hippie t- area so they were like let's uh-huh. go evangelize to the young people i think they were mm. like chasing young people yeah and then, that makes sense. Yeah, I ended up in San Diego, which is, I'm actually from San Diego, which is like the same as LA, but a little cleaner air. Uh huh. <laughs> More military. <A> <laughs> yeah. And my dad ended up there because of the military. So it was like, oh, I see. The Lord brought my parents together at the beach, is <laughs> <laughs> what they say. Yeah. So like you mentioned that your grandfather, maybe, or was it your mother's grandfather was something called like an itinerant evangelical what does that mean itinerant itinerant he was the one who like they were on like the train line and they would he was like the tent guy so he would bop around so my dad like a traveling show yeah kind of i that's who i know the least about so my mother's mother's father was the like broadcast guy the author Oh, right. He was the one who was connected to Moody Bible Institute, which is still like a very Christian. I've it's seen in, that Chicago. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm very curious about, I would love to do research on like Christian recording during like the Motown era because they were in Pontiac. They were like really close. Mm. Recording these kind of like, yeah, these like kind of a lot of gospel records. Like there's like a lot that were coming out. I think like. I'm not sure if it was like one of those things where it's like recording is my ministry. I think they were like, this is because Billy Graham, I think, was the first person to be like, the radio is incredible. we got to use the radio. Mm. And that's why everyone was like, oh, Billy Graham's on top of this. Let's go record our own stuff or whatever. I'm not really quite sure. And you said your grandfather knew Billy Graham? (laughs) Yeah, they were buddies. Uh, I don't know. It's like all pastors. They all know each other. I yeah, know, because, like, I guess it's a small world. It's a small a world. They correspond. Like they're they're all like confused about the civil rights movement. I'm sure. Like it's like he's in his 30s in the mid to late 60s, so it's like our age, a little bit younger, older. During like a really critical point in history, right. doing the maybe the not the wrong thing, but like feeling really concerned, like needing help. I'd imagine. Why don't right. you talk to another celeb? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, like, what do itinerant evangelists believe? <laughs> like, what itinerant do they do? Itinerant just means, like, they were wandering around. Um, okay. Yeah, it means they're, like, evangelizing around, just, like, yeah, parading, like, like a... doing, spreading the message. Yeah, they didn't have, like, a home base, necessarily. Like, they moved around a lot, as I far see. as I understand it. Yeah, because I think my pastor grandpa, whose name is Kyle... Well, he's okay. dead now, but... <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Kyle. He, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they just, like, went where the ministry was, and, like, I'm, I'm curious about, I think he moved to Southern California, because that's where people were, like, showing the most interest. Yeah. In, like, it... Christianity and 
that well there's like a lot of new age and spiritual stuff that happened in california right like and drugs drugs Um, the jesus people jesus movement jesus people like there's a lot of well then there's also jerry falwell and ron reagan like southern california was like a battleground place you know for like right christian like my father my grandfather who was like we gotta go save the kids you know right and your your mom like was she traveling too or was she did she have a home or like a place well she moved to san diego when she was in her 20s and she went to college there so my grandfather there's this it's all this is where it all begins for me Mm -hmm. there's this school it's now called san diego christian college and shadow mountain community church uh it's a mega church and then a college campus and then there's a junior high and a high school and an elementary school i think and i went to all of those except for the college and the elementary school i went to a different christian so basically it's like this christian district those became really popular i think in the late 80s because they were like we want to educate our children with the bible in the yeah. curriculum or whatever they created like a whole little society mini society like compounds district. that you could like mm-hmm. grow up through yeah they created like a charter school problem whatever so like i i was pretty sheltered in that system until like junior high right and i started seeing like but, the outside world <laughs> but with your mom then like before yeah. she moved to san diego she was raised She's a teenager. like on the teenager on the road or no do you know <laughs> well they lived yeah great question they lived they moved a lot but they like lived in one place for you know years at a time so i think she I lived see. in denver for most of her high school life and then moved to san diego because she was in she was employed by her dad who had like these like christian tour group christian tour group right the tent revival circuit what does that mean that's old timey. So that's like okay. So there's like tent revival is like. Have you seen No Brother Where Art Thou? No. Okay, so that era, I want to say like the eighteen, the the turn of the century. Okay. That's when tent revivalism is like popular because I'm not. I think people are just more nomadic because they're uh, poor because of the Great Depression and just also the Great Migration is happening. So right after American Emancipation. People of color, black people are just like moving and living everywhere. Everyone's like moving around in this time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it makes sense. There's like these circuits that people would hit and be like, this town is like a circus, but for Jesus. It's honestly yeah. like the same era, and... but it's like God stuff instead. It's like a church, oh, okay. a, pop- a church pop up. Yeah. that And, and that wasn't your grandfather who did that? It was your great grandfather? Great grandfather. No? Yes. Oh, okay. And okay. he's the one who did the radio. And wrote yes. the Sugar Hill Creek yeah, the Sugar or whatever. Creek gang books. Yeah. So what is the Sugar? I've like heard of the Sugar Creek Gang. I you feel have? like it's in pop culture, but I didn't. I don't really know what it is. Like in my mind, it's like the Hardy Brothers or something. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like the Hardy Boys, but Christian. I feel like okay. the covers get used in memes a lot. That's where I first started noticing. It. I was like, oh, his grandpa's book. Oh my god! He wrote this. I think he was like. So he was a writer like you. He was a right yeah, that's like a comparison people make all the time. He's like grandpa wrote and I was like, Yeah, but he wrote serial novels that probably took him an hour a pop, you know? Like it's different. Yeah, but I know pop culture legend stuff. I know, right? He also <laughs> his biography 
is my favorite ever. It's called My Life and Die, and it's just a picture of him on the cover being super serious. Oh my gosh, he wrote a biography. My Life and I. My Life and I. Yeah. You can go look it up. (laughs) Yeah, it's we have one copy at home. I'd never read it. I just looked at the list, and it was pretty cute. It was like, and I graduated college. Grandpa. So life was simple back then. I think so. <laughs> Just kidding. It's always been hard. Uh, he died of tuberculosis. I don't think he had a great time. Oh no. He died kind of young. He like had a s- smash hits and then passed on, moved on. Rock star stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, those were kind of the questions I had about your family's history. Like, I was. Re- I'm really, really curious about your mom. I feel like I should be interviewing your mom too. Oh my honestly. gosh, she would love that. She loves to sing. Um, oh yeah. Because it's just like a different generation, you know, and her experience is probably not easy, like, just like yours wasn't, you know? That's a really good point. And when I think about religious trauma syndrome, I think about her a lot because I think she shows it in her adult life more than I do. She was the last generation ensconced in it because, like, able to be indoctrinated all the way because she didn't have the internet you know she was on the mm-hmm. internet in her 40s so it's like different for her mm-hmm. totally her 30s but yeah she's like there's her brain is like it has apparatus apparati right that structures moves. of feelings yes. yeah absolutely that's a great word that's a great phrase like she everything comes back to god somehow and i'm always just mm, impressed it's a deep deep root for her all the way down like all the way down one thing I was curious about is if you have any siblings. Yeah, I have one brother, one younger brother. He's a drummer. Not for the Lord, though, for a metal band. <laughs> okay. Did he have to go through the same kind of Christian yep. oh, yeah. upbringing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was just curious because it's like doing it alone seems really hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you don't really know what's happening until it's you're out and you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's not normal. You, I didn't really yeah. start realizing until... I was like, uh, I wonder when I first noticed. I mean, it's like, it's a weird thing because it's like you're in this bubble mm-hmm. for your whole life. You think this is your reality. Like reality is built for you. For me, I was in all those schools. So like my information flow was controlled. Right. So they were telling me the, where the sky came. You know, it's like everything around me was built by God in my mind. Right. Um, how how early did this start? Like, is, do you just start going to church as an infant with, and then just oh, yeah. go once was, a week? Or I was dedicated for the Lord, like, as soon as I came out. So my mom had trouble conceiving, and she did the prayer of, uh, I think, Sarah or Rachel in the Old Testament. <clears throat> I can mm-hmm. look it up. It's <laughs> like, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate this child to the Lord. That's the story over my life, which is, to me, like, a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, like, my That's mom the... told me this story when I was, like, barely alive sentient i was just like that's like a lot of pressure for me yeah like (laughs) uh that does seem kind of intense to like create that narrative exactly like life was not mine right right it was not your own that seems so crazy i know and it's so normalized so that's part of like religious trauma syndrome is that you have an external locus of control which you're constantly looking for output i mean input Mm. from outside sources or like uh you're looking for signs almost all the time to be like where do i go it's schizophrenic am i doing this right yeah like (laughs) 
am I on the right path? Like you're constantly questioning and you never get answers, but like you have this like burden of like, you're supposed to you're be supposed somewhere to... and you don't know where it's like... you're supposed to be. It's like, a, it's so weird. Yeah. It's like, like Jesus or like, you're supposed to save the world for your parents or something. It creates narcissists. Honestly, it creates like people who are like obsessed with themselves and can't figure out why or how and like you do so much self like I have such a habit of like self-reflecting to a point that's like almost Mm. like uh to your detriment yeah where it's like I don't need to keep rooting through the cellar of my soul to like find you know I don't know so it's like I have this like constant like it's like Catholic guilt almost yeah it's like being queer a bit because you're always like have to like before you know you're queer or like understand your sexuality or whatever yeah. you're always performing yes. and like you know hiding concealing yourself and yes. uh trying to be correct for everybody and like fit yeah. and yeah. all of that totally yeah. it's, it's like I a weird like... masking but there's sur- yeah. there's always surveillance from somewhere else yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah there's like an internalized sur- there's surveillance from all directions in a way <laughs> yeah because you're like monitoring yourself you know it's so confusing so stressed out a lot as a kid yeah yeah that kind of makes sense yeah and then and, being you were yeah. right like you went to a school that was like an evangelical school mm-hmm. all the way through junior high you said all the way through high school all the way through high school yeah yeah. And I read on your Substack that at the age of thirteen you had to have a purity ring ceremony. Uh, yeah, so creepy. <laughs> I I'm pretty it sure it's really blocked, creepy. I blocked out a lot of it because I have memories of it, but it's not actually my party. It was my brother's party, uh-huh. so I like blocked out the actual birthday party when I did this. I don't. Mm-hmm. It did I, happen. It happened. Yeah, I have the ring. It's right over there. <laughs> it's um. Yeah, the whole thing is weird. I just remember being like, if I'm good, I will get a prize. I just remember thinking, like, this, there's a prize involved. And what I did was, like, make myself disinterested. And honestly, where I was growing up, like, the suburbs, like, the, the kids who were being bad were not that fun or cool. It wasn't like I lived in a city where I could, like, go out and, you know, see things. And I lived no. in the suburbs as of san diego and like the coolest thing was downtown san diego which is not that cool so i was kind right. of like well this is it there's no choice really it's just this yeah. contained place and like you could either like be bad and get punished but or just follow the rules or just be yeah follow the rules and don't tell your mom that you went and did this thing like you went roller skating or you cussed or you know whatever oh, you couldn't roller skate I was on roller skate, but like this is like Orthodox his... Judaism or something, like crazy rules. <laughs> kind of, it seems that way, but like when I look back at my childhood, well, this is the thing about trauma is that you can't tell what's good, you know, what's like, what's what, what's what. So like when I go back and I go, well, yeah, no, I was allowed to listen to like classical music. People are like, girl, what? Like, <laughs> listen to yourself. <laughs> I don't know, the parking lot of Target. I mean, uh. I okay. had access to things. Like, I was in normal shit. We had curfews, but nothing outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, Christianity like that is that you you are self-surveilled. Like, I was constantly in fear of being bad, and that was enough to keep me in line. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of was that way growing up, but it wasn't for any, like, religious reason. I just was mm-hmm. like, I wanted to be good. I was 
just didn't want to disobey or like do the wrong thing. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Self hatred. I hated myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, maybe I have a Virgo moon, so Aww. it's pretty That's difficult. I yeah. Moon. Okay. In your Sagittarius. A, yeah. It makes me like a nightmare to be in a fight. Aries moon is pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that for the Lord, though, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can go to, to war for the Lord. I could go to war for the Lord. I mean, yeah. I had a personality that was like, I could like talk people into stuff. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I had like, leadership qualities sure. for a woman. As it was put uh-huh. to me, uh-huh. I took a personality test once for like leadership assessment. And mm-hmm. the guy who was reading it was like, you could be a man. And I was like, cool. What does yeah. that mean? Like <laughs> in the church, like I could be a pastor or something. You know, it was a very strange thing to hear. Like you could be a man. Yeah. Well, Aries is Martian. I don't know what your rising sign is. Do you? Pisces. Oh, well, that's not manly. Pretty chill. Um, yeah, this <laughs> is chill. Pretty open. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Too fluid. Too fluid so for God, like, I think. Yeah, so like purity culture is, is something that I guess still exists. I remember when the Jonas Brothers had purity rings. They did? Yeah, and they were like on Disney Channel like showing their purity rings. <sighs> Disney is yeah. so dark. It's really dark because it's like sexualizing children basically but it's mm-hmm. under the guise of doing the opposite almost mm-hmm. yeah and it's, it's just so like creepy. perverted <laughs> theater is not good for children i mean no that's i take that back <laughs> theater is good for children but like performing on a stage it is perverted it can't like if you i don't know how so i grew up in this christian community theater which is like the cultish aspect of like why i thought i was maybe in a cult the person who put that idea to me was Jason, who is um, the former founder of Invisible Children and an old childhood friend. But he was like, I think we were in a cult and explains a lot of like his mental fallout and like a lot, right. of, like, a lot of us were dealing with because we were all talking to each other. So basically, I can say this because it's public record. I grew up okay. in this Christian community theater is literally what it's called. And there were a few more than one incidences where people came forward and announced that they had been sexually abused, groomed, um, just abused in general. Mistreated. Mistreated. And it was people who my parents were close to, that I was close to, that were in our house, at our parties, around us, in church with us, blah, blah, blah. So that was like really wild to reckon with. I thought it was really important I'm really yeah. glad it happened. Those guys are in jail now. And it's like... Oh, my God. People who... I, it was someone who I, like, was always very wary of. And I'd be like, Mom, this guy's kind of creepy, whatever. And she'd be like, just stay away from him, you know? Uh-huh. Here and then, are. like, all these things came to light. Mm-hmm. Was this way after you left the... Were out of the Christian group? Or it was, like, during being in Christian community theater? It or was whatever. during. And I think that's what was so... At least for me personally, and what was shocking for a lot of friends that I knew is that it was happening in plain sight and none of us knew it. And that's mm. how that type of abuse works is that it's mm-hmm. insidious. A friend of mine put it, he's like, well, what were we expecting? It was like the age of the internet. It was also the age of Britney Spears. All of us were in a room together, a bunch of, you know, it's like eight to ages, eight to 18 people who were like in theater group friends with us would then become hired by the theater company to do work with us and it was all very elastic creative stuff it was theater so it's like dancing costume changes 
half my friends were like makeup yes makeup hair it's so fun like it's drag <laughs> set <you> design <laughs> yes <laughs> stage out. managing i was in high school theater oh hell yes you're one of us so like it's so good, so healthy, but also it's like a cesspool. There's a lot of toxic like... parts to it, mm-hmm. especially and like having kids eight to eighteen. <laughs> yeah, like that's the big range of people to be all listening to the same messages. Huge range, and like not everyone was necessarily Christian, and like within religions in general, there's like a scale of like how Christian you are, or like how sure. restrictive you are. So like, right. I was pretty, our family was pretty much on the strict side, but everybody knew my mother. She was like the musical director of the group. So it was like, she was like everyone's mother in a way. It was Mm. a bummer. And she was hot too. So everyone was like, your mom's the hot music teacher. Yeah. it was. She's like hot, strict Christian. And then also like theater lover. Yeah. She was mother. She was mother. She had great (laughs) hair. She had like tight mom jeans up on the way. She was hot. She was. She had huge head. She was gorgeous. And she decided she she founded this theater company. And the theater company was Christian though, specifically, right? Like, did you do Christian Bible stuff and Christian productions of Disney classics? So (gasps) buckle up. So yeah. So basically. One of the people who was a controversial figure, in fact, he was really good at uh, adapting screenplay, like, plays. Like, he was the mm. one who wrote all the, like, pretty quality plays. So, like, for IP, you could, you, we would either have to pay a ton of money to get BB and the Beast Broadway, whatever. Right, yeah. Can't afford that. I don't think they yes. were open source or free, so, like, they had to rewrite a lot of the, like song so we had like bootleg oh. christian productions it was like reenacting. Like, <laughs> yeah that's pretty that's good. creative <laughs> well the whole idea was so they met on my mom's christian campus where her dad worked so my mom worked they there. met you mean your mom and jason my mom, russell his dad <laughs> okay yeah. his dad his father and his wife so they started the christian company it's technically the russell family because they're like the dominant family the um, Russell family. They were a Christian family, too. Yeah, they were the ones who, like, we got the purity ring ceremony idea from. They were, like, kind of, like, the family. They were the Okay, family. the blueprint. Mm-hmm. They were the blueprint family. That's why it's, like, the way everything is shook out. You're just kind of like, wow. Like, wow. <laughs> it, like, influenced your mom a lot, apparently. I mean, it was her life. I yeah. think she's in bliss. Like, she loves working with kids. She's really good with little kids. And, like, she mm-hmm. loves teaching voice. And she loves sharing the gospel of Christ. So it's, like, this is a perfect... I kind of love that. I kind of am <laughs> obsessed with her a little bit. I mean, <laughs> she was... I was, too, like, growing up. Because she always had fake eyelashes on. So all my memories of her as a child, she was Glinda the Good Witch. She's, she like, Tammy like, Faye. She was Marion the Librarian. Kind of. All her friends are, like, older gay men who, like, refuse to come out. And I'm, like, always with the, like, on church. They have choir night every Wednesday night. And if I'm in town, I'll, like, hang out with them. Oh, they all that's get... so cool. It's really fun. I'm like, just come, just come out. Or don't. or don't. Or don't. Or live your life, but. I mean, don't, I mean, maybe don't, like, obviously yeah, don't, don't abuse work. women and don't have why don't have a wife and, like, don't lie, but, like. You know what I mean? You don't. Yeah. I'm a, a, kind of a proponent of just like you know, let people assume. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, especially older. Straight, but yeah, it's almost like a shelter, a shelter place. For and them then like too. the AIDS crisis happened in the late '80s, and then 
it became yeah. like a whole different thing to totally. be gay after that back totally. actually 100 percent, and that would be crazy. the time when like the, was the theater happening. was forming yeah and yeah. it was very and like the 90s i think too were very like uh retro uh like regressive in a way like the mm. way the backlash against feminism and i don't know it just seemed mm-hmm. like it was very like heteronormative and also i mean that was also all the content that was being fed to me as well but like the majority right. of like pop culture was very straight for a minute there like everyone was obsessed with britney spears and the olsen twins virginity and like it was just very like aggressively True. Straight. And hollister hollister Abercrombie. it's like so straight that it's oh. gay though a little bit i know <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I love about it is like Southern California is kind of so straight that it's gay all over. Yeah. Because everyone I grew up with is like out now. So it's like all the men, I have a really, I have terrible gaydar because I grew up with all young boys who were like figuring it out, but mostly understood that they were not straight and like Mm -hmm. they couldn't come out because of God or whatever. That was very scary. So now I'm like, is everyone, everyone's gay to me? Yeah, it's different now. We live in the 2020s totally different I had <laughs> and the a... internet i feel like the internet yeah. really changed a lot of like you know language and self-understanding like yes. drastically over the last 10 years absolutely absolutely yeah. for better or worse yeah yeah yes. this community theater group is so interesting do you have any tapes of the productions oh, you would put every, on every every production we have a tape of is like kind of incredible the archive of embarrassing shit <laughs> my mom recreated true groups as well and her like her dad but it was more contemporary so like i grew up in these true groups like performing at um like retirement homes and beach parties mm-hmm. people would like hire us to perform at or whatever my mom was also a wedding singer so she would sing at people's weddings that was like her job while i was like, really little so i was like always at churches and people's houses for their weddings it was great uh-huh I- Ugh, like your mom I mean I grew up being I grew up a singer myself and like I sang at church every Sunday on the altar and I did regional choir and in fourth oh my grade God, I my did mom a, would love you yeah and in fourth grade I did like a traveling boys choir actually I had to like leave school for two weeks and I like traveled the east coast in a boys choir it was really crazy because wow. I'm actually super shy but um yeah. I like singing and or I used to and yeah. um yeah I really like your mom seems like someone I would have known growing up or something it's so funny singing in um, a group is really freeing it feels really good yeah singing There's is extremely spiritual mm-hmm. um, I agree it is literally exposing your spirit or like uh sharing your spirit in like a fundamentally a fundamental way deeply and it yeah. makes you very vulnerable because of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. my mom loves it. yeah you would love my mom she's yeah a, i mean she's really judgy she's like a great she'd make a great housewife you know what mm-hmm. i mean was she ever a housewife i mean she is a housewife but i mean like she a real a... housewife of san diego oh like a real like housewife a... <laughs> yeah she has no emotional regulation at all <laughs> Oh my god. She's maybe Is she an Aries? No, she's an Aquarius. Oh, okay. Random. 
Honestly, there should be like yeah. a Christian Real Housewives or something. Like, honestly, um, that would be that'd like, be really like good. I mean, I guess wives. the Salt Lake City one is kind of like that. Not Salt Lake is its own little world. I need like SoCal Christian moms like that. SoCal I would, Christian moms. I would be tuned in. My dad loves the Housewives. I think that's like oh yeah, one of his outlets. Yeah, it's my good. I don't watch it, a, but yeah, my dad loves it. I don't know what it is. I think it's like camp to him. So he's like these women screaming at each other. He also grew yeah, up with, if you like, like women, women screaming, yeah, that makes <laughs> it's sense. Comforting to him. <laughs> He's a happy sub. That's nice. Um, um, yeah, so '90s Christianity, I think, very branded, very like of the world, in the world, but not of the world. Like, I think mm. that's when Christian branding just went off. Like, there was a lot of money. Yeah, Christian branding. Could you describe like? like the how it was being immersed in that or like what the, what it looked like totally it was like christians just i don't know who but some somebody made a lot of christian products that just looked like other products but they were christian so like there's a, right. what would jesus do jewelry was really hot um, right i have some somewhere i should have brought it out a lot of like books geared towards mm. like Judy Bloom type book, The Christian. Mm-hmm. There was like the McGee and Me series that was really big. So there was like a lot of like this marketing towards Christian youth. Veggie Tales. The Veggie Tales guy is actually a good guy. Or what, what, who's amazing. that guy who sings? Um, Rafi. Maybe Rafi. Rafi. <laughs> I never heard of him, but like he was it. Does he do puppets? I forget what it is. Oh, Salty. Salty? Oh my god, I don't know. I'm not unfamiliar with all of this. There's Salty and there's Rafi. Yeah, I think it was like, I'm curious about how much, I would love to do some research and figure out the connection between like, what my great-grandfather was doing, like Christian media, the pipeline down to like, right, VeggieTales, or... Actually. Yeah. And then you performing like like, the Christian Beauty and the Beast. Right. (laughs) Right. It's, like, striking me that it's, like, this kind of Christian community building. It's, like, trying to establish itself apart from the rest out, from the rest of the world, in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's, like, everything it encounters on the outside, it makes its own version of on the inside or something. Because it's, like, trying to be its own complete world or something. That's such a good point. Exactly. And you kind of... That's the problem with, like, growing out of it or deconstructing it is that you have this, like, scaffolding in your brain... Uh-huh. That kind of works with what's there and then works against the rest of it, you know? So that's why I think people are so disrupted when they kind of break that scaffolding. It's like a ex- an ex- extra consciousness, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. I, that makes yeah. sense. I loved my childhood, um, though. I didn't feel that brainwashed until later. So I was having right. a good time for most of it. I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, because if you're you, like... You enjoyed in bubble, it. And... Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's safe. It's safe. It was fun. Like, theater's fun. I loved every aspect Well, it wasn't so it. safe for everyone in the theater. No. That's and true. And then we only touched on it. You only, like, mentioned this, but, like, when you said that part of the troupe was Jason Russell from Invisible Children, yeah. that Invisible Children is the group that produced the Coney 2012 video. Yeah. I just want to make that clear to the audience who may not be familiar. Mr. Jason Russell. Yeah. 
Thank you guys for listening to our free episode. If you want to listen to 20 more minutes, we have the rest available on our Patreon at patreon.com slash I need God. Um, for $5 a month, you can unlock every episode that we've made and will ever make and, um, astrology posts that I make there too, and our discord server. So if you like this project and it's something you enjoy, consider, you know, joining our Patreon so that I could keep making it. And, um, if you want to join at our $9 tier, that's our angel tier. You'll basically be a producer of the show. I'll send you a welcome package and a discount to our store, and then you'll get your name read on our prayer list at the end of every episode. So patreon.com slash I need God. Let's close our eyes and say a little prayer for our angels, Carson Reeves, Casey, Dakota Garcia, Jenna, Kylie Gurley, Neve Parker, Nicole Sosserman, Nicole Gautier, Tyler Hill, and Allison White. Lord, hear our prayer. <laughs> 